Volley Chief fans, welcome back for another thunderous episode. This is episode five. Uh, I'm still working on a title. I've got two, so by the time it comes out, you'll have it. But I have uh, my first remote guest. So last week we had our first guest, Captain Mike Wittick. This week I have my first uh, remote guest. Mike was actually sitting here with me in what I'll call the studio, having a beer. Uh, but but this Mike, too many mics, right? Uh, this Mike, Michael Traz, uh, Mike's a 12-year veteran member of the Derby Fire Department. He's currently a lieutenant at the Pegaso Hook and Ladder Company. Uh, they're just a truck company. So in the world of volunteer firefighting, that's kind of an oddity. I believe last time I checked in the state of Connecticut, there was only two firehouses that were just a truck company. So Mike's been a lieutenant with them for several years now. And uh, the reason I asked Mike to come on is, Mike kind of came into the department. Now, like me, he's, he's a legacy. You know, his dad, one of the most respected members of the, the department. Uh, his brother, you know, that's a whole other podcast if we talked about, you know, trouble. But uh, just I'm kidding, obviously. Uh, but he, he's got that family lineage, and I, I think that's a strong root system in the volunteer department. But he came in just about a little bit before I was assistant chief, so – when I came in as an assistant chief, he was a younger, new firefighter, uh, very capable, very mechanical, which you don't find a lot in the, the youth of America. And by the time I was done being chief, he was one of my go-to officers. You know, I knew when I called him and asked him to do something or I wanted his opinion on something, I, 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 could, I could take it. I could trust it. It was as good as gold. So, Mike, welcome to the show. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Chief. So uh, I was born in Derby. I uh, lived here my whole life. And I haven't grown up yet, but... Uh, when I do grow up, it probably will be in Derby. Love being here, work here, went to school here. Uh, and I was lucky to grow up around the firehouse, uh, as uh, Chief Leonard's talked about in the past. And uh, All right, so now yeah. tell, tell us, too, about your family. You know, because you're, again, for the people in our area, they know you very well. But for people outside the area, they don't know the, the family lineage. So my grandfather was a member and then my uh, father and uncle joined, I believe, in 1976, I want to say. Uh, obviously, my father and uncle are two different ages, but I think the, the rule changed around that time uh, from where when you could join at being 21 versus 18. So my father was able to get in around the same time as my uncle because of that. Uh, and they were both very active, you know, as they grew up. And then... Uh, my brother and I were, were born, and we, from a very young age, uh, you know, we were brought to the firehouse social events, and uh, he, when I was probably single digits, he was taking me on calls, and I was able to sit in the front seat of our old, I want to say it was 83, uh, Pierce ladder truck with a remounted Seagrave, uh, sorry, maximum 100-foot ladder, and I would hide underneath like a jacket in the front seat and be able to go to calls, and that's really, you know, our, so long family tradition also in, in the Foggies, and 
I'm just very lucky to be able to have gotten into it so early. Yeah, and and now what again? We talked earlier about the history of Derby. You know, one of the things that I love about the Pegasus is it. Uh, you know, it's located in what was known as the Derby Landing. It's it's uh, kind of what, depending on your age, right? At one point, it was referred to as East Derby. You guys actually have East Derby on your apparatus. Like, it's a, a really interesting historical, you know, the, correct me if I'm wrong, too. The, the firehouse is the Pegasus because there was a Pegasus Indian trading post where the firehouse is, right. correct? Correct. And, and uh, you know, it's an awesome history of the firehouse because originally it was a hose company and then at the time the city's ladder company got into a beef with the mayor so he shut them down and forced you guys to take the ladder truck and it's just a a, you know neat history for one of many you know volunteer firehouses in the in the valley area Uh, the other thing is too is there's a very strong polish connection to that neighborhood directly next door to the firehouse is the saint michael's church it's a uh you know uh, Catholic Church, but it's very, very, you know, rooted in, in Polish tradition. And uh, it, it's one of the neat things, you know, you you look because a lot of times you associate the volunteer fire service, right? It was Irish Catholic, but you guys were, were Polish. And I mean, I hate to say you guys because I am, I'm half Polish, half Irish. So, you know, it's it's kind of the, the, the mix, but right, am I right though? It's probably one of the neat things about the firehouses. You still have that legacy all these years later. Right, right. Yeah. We, we have a lot of Polish members and we're very close with the uh, Polish church that's next to us. Uh, we frequently do favors for them. They they come to a lot of our events and it's great and we look to keep it up. I mean, if there's anyone that should have God on its side, it's a bunch of, of it's us, right? I mean... <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially, especially um, the, the Polacks among us. <laughs> so, so, Mike, you you know, you first joined and obviously, like I said, I, I was a just become a chief, you know, I, I was a little bit I guess, uh, more involved, would you say, than most, uh, you know, being, again, my lineage like you, we, we wanted to see things go. But you've recently done the transition, right? You were you went from being a, a newer member to, to a, a good firefighter, a reliable firefighter, to an officer. And in the volunteer world, that's a tough transition to make. So, so talk a little bit about that. So, oh. Uh... Once I turned 16 and got my license, that's when I like really started going on a lot of calls. And I also was riding the ambulance at the same time a lot, uh, which helped a lot. I learned, I was able to learn the city pretty quick, learn the building construction, uh, you know, meet a lot of the different members of the department, start working with them. And I have to say, maybe I was a little bit cocky when I first started because, you know, like I said, I grew up around the firehouse. I, I kind of felt like I knew everything, but luckily there was, you know, the senior members who, you know, set me back a little bit. I was like, Hey, listen, you know, like you still don't know anything you need to learn. So that's, you know, I, I was able to shut my mouth and just keep learning as fast as I could. I was going on all the calls I could, uh, taking a lot of classes, took fire one and fire two, uh, pretty early on. Uh, and then I would say, I really, I think I, I really started to get a lot better once I started driving. So on my 21st birthday, uh, I believe he was the chief at the time too, Jim Butler. Oh no, no, he was, I think past chief. He was chief driver. He, uh, you know, cleared me to drive the truck, uh, rest in peace. And I saw, I started driving to every call and trying to, uh, set the, the truck up at every call and just really, 
you know, starting to take everything in at the, the calls and seeing what had to be done. So, uh, I, you know, I started to get a couple more fires under my belt and I would say I realized, uh, we had a, a attic fire on spring street in our town. It was very early in the morning and not a whole lot of people were there, but I, I realized, you know, we were on the, the second floor and the fire was above us. And I was up there with a bunch of guys, but nobody really knew what to do. And that's when I, I had to step in and, you know, like use my experience and what I've been taught. And I had to organize the guys and start pulling ceilings. So that's when I started to realize, like, wow, okay, I am becoming like the guy that has to lead. You know, there's the, the guys above me that taught me, you know, aren't necessarily inside anymore. They're either in a leadership position outside or, you know, they just prefer to drive the trucks and operate the trucks. So like it, it was me and then uh, Alex Neuendorf, Brian Cooper, other members uh, that, you know, really took control and had to show the younger members that were there, uh, you know, from the other companies, you know, what to do and how to do it. So yeah, because it's it's a it's like an epiphany that moment when you realize, like, you know, you start looking around and and you you have that oh my god, like I'm the I hate to use the term adult because we've just already talked about that, but you're the adult up there, you know, you're you're the, the, the you got the seniority, you got the experience, and at that point, you know, but but also too, Mike, you you have a lot of background, you know, so you. I know that people out there, they're going to listen and they're going to be like, oh, he was 21 years old. He got cleared to drive the truck the day he turned 21. You know, Mike, Mike's family r- runs a heavy wrecking company. Mike's been around heavy operating vehicles as long as, if not longer than, you know, as, as fire trucks. So by the time you were 21, I mean, you, you were driving tow trucks. You were driving, you were using, you know, equipment at your dad's uh, shop. So it's it's an oddity with you, with all that mechanical experience and all that compared to like the, the average kid who joins out of high school and, you know, kind of hangs around, you, you had a, a massive advantage of it. And I, you know, other things, you were heavily involved in the Boy Scouts. You know, you understood chain of command. You understood leadership roles. You're, you are an Eagle Scout, correct? Correct. Yep. True three. Correct. You know, you, you have, you know, background in that type of, of environment. And, and I think that's, that's a credit to you. And that's a credit to, you know, the fire service, when, when leaders step up, right. Leaders lead. And at moments like that, when guys like you realize that, Hey, you know, look around the, the faces in here are younger than me, or they're less experienced than me. And now I I've got to be the one to lead. And that, that's a very big leap to make. Right. And like you said, it, it was like an epiphany and it's just all of a sudden it came to me like, okay, I have to step up and lead here. And it, it ended up working out really well, but you know, after that fire, you know, you always have the, the after game discussion. And I was like, I really feel like I changed the outcome of that fire because, you know, they need a leader. And I was a leader at that time, you know, before other people started showing up. Right. And that's, and that, and again, you know, uh, I always talk about Norman Schwarzkopf, the general, he has a, a great quote. It's when in, when in char- uh, command, take charge. And, and that's like you said, that's what leaders do. People uh, get into those positions. And so you've been a lieutenant for how long now? Uh, it'd be two years this year. 
two years this year. And, and again, you know, our, my last year as chief overlapped, but your first year as an officer, but I, I'll tell you right now, like I can remember when we were up on um, Caroline street and you were up on the roof and I, I could, va- I could remember, you know, calling you on the radio and I, I wanted you, I wanted you to be the guy to tell me what the conditions were on the roof. I wanted your, you know, cause, cause that's the reputation that unknowingly you, you had earned by then. That you you are one of the go to guys, and and some people can be a little bit terrified by that. Right, right. And I I will tell you too. Another time on Caroline Street, uh, more recently I believe, there was a a fire on the seaside of the house. I want to say it's two oh seven Caroline Street. Uh, so there is heavy fire on the seaside of the house. Uh, with extension into the the second floor and first floor minorly, I believe. But uh, I, so me and another, uh, somebody else who's very similar to me, uh, Mike Neuendorf, we went to elementary school together. He grew up around the firehouse. Uh, We were the first ones to the second floor and there was no line in place yet. Uh, We we forced the door to the second floor and we both made entry and uh, there's fire rolling over our heads, moving from the C side to the A side. And I, I was looking at it, you know, examining my options there. And I, I radioed to you and I said, you know, uh, we have heavy fire, you know, on the seaside. Uh, we want to start the primary search on the second floor. And you repeated back to me and you said, okay, go ahead and start the search on the second floor. And it was huge, though, to know that, like, you trusted us to do, like, what we had to do and that we, you know, knew that we could go ahead and, with the search and be safe like that that meant a lot too it's uh that with you probably it was the first time i really could tell that the leadership trust me and like it does go a long way yeah i mean you know again you're you just have your your i guess the expression we would use is you're wise beyond your years and and you you guys are you you know you and stevie your oddities of the of the the modern child, right? You joke, you know. I, I'm going. I'm teaching, and I think I'm the most mechanically inclined human in the world, right? Like you know, for me, screwdrivers are plus and minus. And uh, you know, I go to these classes now, and I'm teaching, and it's like I I look like Bob Vila compared to half of the, the kids that are out there. So to come across like guys like you and your brother, who again though you you grew up in it, you know. Things we're lucky to have in Derby and smaller communities have these things. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, they have a heavy wrecking company. You know, a couple of years ago, we had an 18-wheeler fly off the highway. And and as the end, the, the companies are arriving, you and your dad were there with one of the heavy wreckers. You stabilize the vehicle. You know, it, it's a, a whole different set of skills that easily falls into to rescue work. And you guys don't bat an eye at it. And that that's something that, in this day and age, finding an 18 year old, 20 year old kid, and I hate to call you kids because you're not anymore, but to me you are because I'm older. You know, mid 20s kids that have the level of mechanical ability, the level of you know being able to think on your feet. You, know, it, it's it's such you know it's like a unicorn. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna start calling you the unicorn. I mean that's it. You're Mike the unicorn from now on. Uh, <laughs> Great, but uh, yeah. <laughs> But it is it, it, it. Like I said, Mike, I I firmly uh, I firmly believe that. And and again, we grew up in this environment, though, 
of great senior people. And I know, you know, like I'll talk about at the Storms, like, you know, the, the Antonazis, Jimmy Saldamarco, Mike Wittick, Alan Capola, my father. You know, at the Poggies, you guys had the coalitions, your dad, right? Frank Pepe, those guys. Uh, Ray Sadler, Gary Parker, yeah. Yeah, they, Gary, yeah Gary's going to be on soon. And I, I'm I'm actually thinking Gary might have to be a two-part special. <laughs> um, but, you know, you we had this group of senior and, and I hate to say that they fell into a different category of senior men because they understood that it was their job to prepare the next generation. You know, most volunteer fire fighters, and especially ones with time, when, you know, because fires are, are few and far between these days, they, they want the line, right? Like they want the positions, they want the glory, they want the, to do the dirty work. But those guys never wanted that. They wanted us to do it, to learn how to do it, and to be next to us while we were doing it so that they could teach us to do it when they weren't there. Right. And that, to me, is one of the reasons why, you know, the Valley, to an extent, has such good firefighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I completely agree with it. Uh, and I, I think another thing that, like you hit on quick, is uh, – so yeah, my family has a you know a truck repair and uh, heavy duty towing shop, and I think that me working in the trade every day, I think it gives me a pretty big leg up in the fire service also. But uh, a lot of other people's full time jobs too is like, like we have an electrician, we have an HVAC guy, uh, you know, just all the different trades that come together on a fire scene that are, could be like big helps just because they understand building construction. Uh, you know, like wiring, just how to use tools. Like, I feel like that goes a long way on a fire scene too. Oh, that that's one of the, the you know, the the vastness, the variety of, you know, and one of the things about the volunteer system, you have such a variety of people that people play different roles in that, you know, you, you we kind of poke fun a lot in the volunteer fire service at the, I, I don't want to say the lesser roles, but like exterior firefighters or even like fire police positions like that, that people excel at and that people, you know, have great reputations and they have a skill set that, that allows them to do anything. And that's what makes one of the key factors in making a successful volunteer fire department is knowing your people and knowing what you can get out of them. Right. And like you said, I, I mean, you know, the vastness of people, I, I mean, I would laugh cause like I would tell people, yeah, my, my fire commissioner and people would be like, oh, what's your fire commissioner like do? Like, is he like appointed by the mayor? Does he wear a suit? And I'm like, no, he's a structural engineer and he's a FEMA USAR team member. And people would be like, that's your fire commissioner? Like, yeah. And he's supposed to be our civilian oversight. So you could imagine going to an incident and like, you know, you, you have a structural engineer standing next to you for a FEMA team. Or like you said, you know, you have electricians, you have, I mean, go down the list of you know, what people, you have machinists, you know, heavy, you know, construction workers, you have guys like that. Um, coming up in a couple of weeks, we're going to do an episode on the River Restaurant explosion. So, you know, in uh, the, the, the mid 80s, 1986, in downtown Derby, there was a large explosion, a gas leak that uh, tragically killed six people and injured dozens and dozens more. But one of the most incredible rescue operations took place at that incident. And there was there was a person trapped in the rubble. And you know, none of those guys had any technical rescue training like we have now, especially in building collapse and, and shoring systems, but they were all tradesmen. 
that like like your dad they were you know they were mechanics they were they worked for, the, for you know excavating companies so by throwing the the skills they had at this scene they were able to to pull off a miraculous rescue and you know nowadays if an incident like that happened you can imagine you know the 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 lettered alphabet agencies that would be showing up and the 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 operation that it would become and you know for us it was a bunch of pickup truck driving guys from the valley that pulled it off yeah yeah and i mean i i'm I think a lot of our department, I really think we could accomplish a lot with, uh, you know, limited training, but it it is impressive what we've been able to do over the years with who we got there. Oh, I lost you for a sec there, Mike. Yeah. Uh, you good? Yeah. Good. Yeah. So that's coming up. I mean, uh, you know what? Let me ask you this now: as a as a uh, an officer now getting a couple of years on, tell me one thing you would tell a new officer. So you have, uh, uh, you know, in Derby, the company officers are elected. Elections are coming up in December. So tell me, uh, one like give me some tidbits. If I was the new officer, what would you tell me? I would say, uh, you work for your people. Your people do not work for you. Uh, you have to do everything you can to defend them, but also help them and. Uh, be one of them you know they're, they're not you lead from the front you don't lead you know by uh commanding i think that's that's the biggest thing and uh yeah and again we're we're a little bit older souls in this environment you know and, and it's a testament to the to the you know the group that raised us really right So we're at about the 22-minute mark. I should mention that this episode is sponsored by Tracy's Garage. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, Mike, anything else you want to add? Or? Uh, 203-734-9002 for all your towing or heavy truck repair needs. Uh, I think tell them Buddy sent you. Tell them Buddy sent you. <laughs> no, very happy to be on here. Uh, very happy to be a member of the Derby Fire Department and to serve under you uh, while you're chief. And it was nice to be working with you in a fire after you, you were done uh, being chief. Brought me back. To yeah, that was uh, that. That's getting to be the fun part, right? Like I, you know, I I go back to I joke because you know me and my movies uh, quotes, but I go back to a few good men when they ask Sam what he's doing here, and he smiles and says, "I have no responsibilities whatsoever." And that, that's kind of how it is now. And I, I enjoy that very much. So, uh, all right. So fire, excuse me, Lieutenant Mike Traz from the Pagasa hook and ladder in Derby. I want to thank you, Mike, for being on here, being my first remote guest. Uh, tell everyone if they enjoyed the episode, that was Mike Traz. If they hated the episode, it was Steve Traz. Um, and thanks for being on Mike. Of course. Great being on. Thanks for tuning in. Coming soon, we're going to have Commissioner Gary Parker, the Derby Fire Department. He's going to talk about what you need to educate newly elected public officials in the Volunteer Fire Service. Very special guest, Chief Richard Thode of the Danbury Fire Department. And then soon we're going to start our River Restaurant series. So the River Restaurant was a disaster to hit Derby in 1986 where a four-story restaurant exploded shortly before Christmas. We're going to talk to some of the members that were there. Have a good night, and we'll see you at the big one.